punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. to episode 47 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and as always, I am joined by Adam. What's going on, my man? It's been a, it's been a hot minute. I uh, know. It feels like an eternity. If I go longer than a week without seeing you, I like get anxiety and all these like weird feelings start coming. And I hate it. I hate it. And it's actually been a bit over two weeks, I think, so... Yeah, we've been busy, boys, but um, I hope the, the listeners enjoyed the history app uh, nine months in the making or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no, nah, we enjoyed. They're, they're always the most fun to record. A uh, little, bit, little bit of editing involved, but they're so fun to record because, one, we get to go back and watch all the fights, and then, two, we get to talk about them with each other, and that's why we do this. We fucking love it. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um well, I'm not going to promise another one at any other date, but another one will come at some point. Yeah, well, yeah, we will. When there's a lull in the in the MMA calendar, I'm guessing like next year at this point because it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely loaded. Or like if there's a bit of a bit of a lull in the UFC before the end of the year, we'll try we'll try and get another one out. But but absolutely, we we love doing them. We 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 love diving into the career of some of the legends who, who've graced the octagon. It is always good fun. And speaking of legends who grace the octagon. We've got one this week, baby. We've got one. We're back with loaded pay-per-view. One of the greatest welterweights of all time. Of course, I'm talking about the great Leon Edwards, baby. <laughs> you cuck. <laughs> no, this, is... this is going to be an, an incredible fight. Obviously, I was referring to Kamara Usman there. Kamara Usman taking on Leon Edwards in a long-awaited rematch. We have got so much to dive into on this show. We are incredibly excited to dive into the pay-per-view. But as i got to tell you, man, this weekend, from my perspective, I know a lot of UK combat sport fans, but actually if you're just a fan of combat sports in general, this is your weekend, baby. This is what it is all about. Not only do we have Usman versus Leon Edwards, We've got the rematch of Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk kicking off in Saudi Arabia. We've also got the semifinals of PFL and we've got UK's own Brendan Lochnane looking to punch his ticket into the million dollar fight in the finals. And we've also got something a little bit different, which is going to be, I think, absolutely electric. Also in London, we have got bare knuckle boxing, but it ain't two scrubs. It ain't a couple of washed out chicks from the UFC. These are high caliber athletes. We've got Michael Venom Page fighting in bare knuckle boxing. They borrowed him from Bellator. MVP. It's going to be absolutely electric. Um, I just can't wait for this weekend. I'm going to be up all night watching these fights. It's going to be, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. 
Well, I completely forgot about the um, the Joshua fight. Is that on at the same time as the the UFC? No, it's earlier because it's it's scheduled for like prime time in the UK. So we're going to start the evening with that, and uh, yeah, then, then 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 move on to move on to uh, bare knuckle PFL, and then in, into the hours early hours of the morning with the UFC. Oh, I forgot to mention he's of course Michael Venom Page is fighting former UFC fighter. Platinum Mike Perry as well. I forgot to mention his opponent there. I just got too excited about Michael <laughs> Ben and Page, MVP, fighting in bare knuckle boxing. It's going to be absolutely electric. I cannot wait. What a great weekend of combat sports we have got ahead. And of course, the, the jewel in the crown is the welterweight strap on the line. The rematch, Leon Edwards against Kamaru Usman, the incumbent champion. Let's dive into it. Main event, Adam. I know we're on different sides of the fence on this one, so... I'm going to kick it over to you first. You can tell me why <laughs> Kumaru is going to retain his belt and add to his legacy and continue his pursuit of GSP's title as the greatest welterweight to ever grace the octagon. Well, I don't really need to tell you why. Like, if you just, are, even if you're just a casual fan, you know why Usman is going to win this fight. <laughs> I think someone of your. Uh, in-depth knowledge of MMA, if you just took your UK hat off, you'd probably be agreeing with me this week. But I love this. I love that for the first time, maybe ever, we're like just completely split. I want Usman to win. I think he'll win and you want Edwards to win and you think he's going to win yeah. too. And that's great. We need it. But, mate, I, I can't... Like, obviously, it's a fight's a fight. Yeah, you can win with a, with a cheeky KO somehow, but... From what we've seen of uh, Kamara Usman in the last three, four, five years and what we've seen of Leon Edwards, I just cannot see a way that Edwards win this fight. We've o- The only signs we have seen from Kamara Usman is that he's getting terrifyingly better every single fight. Disgustingly scary. And Leon Edwards just doesn't even fight. He's fought Nate Diaz and that's it <laughs> in about four years. And even that, he got rocked in the fifth round. After he beat him up, but it's Nate Diaz. I'd, I'd expect Kamara Usman to absolutely annihilate Nate Diaz. And he's annihilated every single challenger. He's beat Colby Covington twice. Did not annihilate Colby Covington. No, Had but I think... Extremely close fights with Colby Covington. I think Colby Covington would dust Leon Edwards. Oh, <laughs> Colby Covington's thinking of dipping down to 155. That's what's, that's what's, that's what's going on with Colby Covington. Yeah, now, well, of course, Kamaru has improved. He's incredibly explosive. He is the superior grappler. He's going to be able to, you know, that's going to be the challenge for Leon Edwards is can he stuff enough takedowns to, to you know, slow Kamaru Usman down? He's not going to tire him out. Kamaru's got a gas tank for days. We know that. But is he going to be able to stuff the takedowns early on in the rounds so that he's able to get off his striking? Because I truly think the striking isn't a comparison. I think Leon Edwards is a far superior striker to Kamara Usman. And yes, we've seen him improve and he obviously got that high, highlight reel knockout over, over Jorge Masvidal. But I don't think we could say Kamara Usman's striking is elite or anywhere near it for that matter. I think it's pretty sloppy compared to some of the top strikers. Is it? But what, what it allows him to do is, is, is his wrestling and the, the threat of the takedown allows him to be a bit more sloppy because if he misses or big, he, he's not worried about getting taken down or grappled at all. So that obviously plays into his advantage. 
Now, going back to the first fight, Leon Edwards did have some success yeah. at times defending the takedown, and then at other times he just got taken down and, and, and held down. It was kind of once Obviously, he was down, it was it, that's when it was most dominant. It was he he had yes, a, he was yeah. had a bit of a um, chance, yeah, defending it like you said. Exactly, exactly. Once he got down, it's like okay, that's that's extremely difficult. So that's one thing that Leon is going to have to do if he gets taken down. He's got to explode back to his feet immediately. And there are some fighters in the UFC who are excellent at that. And you, you I'm absolutely having a, a brain fade right now. But just recently, we we've seen some fighters. The second they hit the mat, they're looking to explode and get right back up and not not be held down in dis, you know, disadvantageous positions. What's going to be really interesting is to see how far Leon's takedown defense has evolved since then, because we know after that fight, he threw his heart and soul into wrestling, into improving his takedown defense, and we've seen that since now are any of those fighters the caliber of kamara usman or are certainly the, the grappling and the wrestling you'd say probably not there's going to be a huge test we know what leon has been working on in the in the last 12 to 18 months leading up to this fight his striking's on point that's great he could probably not train his striking for a year and come back and probably be at a similar level just work to get his timing back but his takedown defense is what's going to be key and the interesting thing that's changed from the first fight to the second fight we now have unified rules of MMA scoring. And if Kamaru Usman is only able to hold Leon against the fence, take him down and hold him there, and isn't able to be effective and damaging once he takes him down, control time and takedowns don't really count for anything if there is stand-up and damage and striking happening uh, around that and at the same time. So this is, this is a, another interesting layer in the change of the scoring. Kamara Usman is going to have to be active and looking for finishes and violence on the ground, which in turn will give Leon opportunities to get back to his feet. So I'm extremely excited and interested to see how this is going to play out. And obviously there's a lot of bias here, but I just do think Leon Edwards is, Leon Edwards is that dude, man. He is serious. And I think it's going to be a great fight. And Kamaru, there's been talk about his knees. He's had this hand surgery. You just wonder where he's at physically. He's older than Leon now. Leon's probably in his absolute physical prime. And if he's ever going to win the title, I think now is his moment to do it. So I'm just like, I'm looking back at Usman's run. You know, who, who has he beaten? Masvidal. I guess he's a striker, but he's not a Leon Edwards level striker. Covington's obviously a wrestler. Burns is a brawler. Like when you when you think about it, he really hasn't fought like a, a unbelievably good. He hasn't striker fought an extremely other than Edwards. striker. No, no, no. And no. I guess that's mainly because that's the division isn't doesn't have those. It's kind of that weight class where a lot of them are that stocky sort of brawler wrestler type. But there's definitely there's definitely an angle to be like, yeah, he's. Edwards is the guy that's going to give him the most problems, but yeah, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. I just can't. I can't. It's like it's at at right now. It's like to me, it's like going against GSP in his prime. Um, pick pick a fight that that he won in his run, and it's just like saying, oh, he's going to lose this one, which I'm sure some people did. I'm, but oh, I can't. I can't. I can't go against it. The the only Bright side, so that's a good I point. And you, and you, is, sorry, this is a good point. And 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 the, the comparison potentially I see here, and we talked about it on the history pod. So if you haven't, go back and check it out. But GSP's fight with Carlos Condit, 
And that was the only, one of the few times that GSP was actually in danger because of the dangerous striking of Carlos Condit. And I still don't think that Kamaru Usman is anywhere near the level of striker that, that GSP was. And I'd, you know, arguably their wrestling is, is a 50, 50, like flip a coin to see who had the better, better wrestling pedigree. But yeah, it, you, you're, you know, you're right. Kamaru is a dominant champion. He's one of the greats. He's one of the best to ever do it, especially in the weight class. And the run he's put together is brilliant. Leon Edwards has peeled off his own run. And the last fighter he lost to was Kamaru Usman. I just, this, this is extremely exciting. It's a long time in the making. And I, I just can't wait for it. And I, I just have a feeling. I've just got a bit of a feeling that Leon Edwards is going to do something special. Maybe not. Maybe we'll come back and you're going to have a little sound bite of me saying all this ready to go. And I'm going to sound like an absolute moth. <laughs> well, one it. of us you're is going to anyway. What, one, of us, one of us. One of us is getting sound bites. But you'll yeah. sound like more of a knob because you went against the guy that's fucking unbeatable. <laughs> and then he just he just knocks out Leon Edwards in the first round and you'll just look like even more of an idiot. But Dude, if that happens, I'm just going to... I'm just going <laughs> to crawl to bed and sob into the We might have to pillow. pivot to like a different sort of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I love this, man. I love that. Well, obviously the UK, if, if, if Edwards was Australian, I would be saying Kamara Wilson is the worst fighter I've ever seen. And uh... <laughs> He's a bum. Yeah. He's easy work. He's fought nobody's yeah. padded record. If I was him, I'd yeah, actually yeah. just forfeit the belt. And <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I just, I can't wait for the feeling of the fight night when... When UFC two seven eight hits, I haven't had that for a while. I missed the last one because I was out bush in the NT, and um, yeah, this is just going to be unbelievable. And not the most stacked card, but I, I would argue this this could be the best main card we see all year in terms of how the fights turn out. I feel like there's caliber mm. for a lot of pe- for these fights to be wild, and they're all a bit different. And the co-main event, we've got Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold, which is just the weirdest fight, but I'm so keen for it. You know, Costa is Me just too. Costa and Rockhold Me is Me too, man. Pa- Paulo Costa is an absolute lunatic wild man. Now, if he comes in on point and in shape, then I think it's going to be a long night. Actually, a short night for, for Luke Rockhold, but a, but a painful and, and regretful one. But of course, we've seen recently the Paolo Costa, whether it's through injury, maybe a lack of discipline, hasn't come in completely correct. Now, <laughs> just watching Countdown, he's he, so he sit, and and the pic and the pictures that he's been posting, he looks like he's in phenomenal oh shape. Oh my and god! He looks like he's training. His this this as you've put in the show notes, uh, this this might be the clash of the two greatest rigs that the UFC's ever seen. Oh my god! Yeah, Luke. Luke Rockhold was a friggin' runway model for like with Tommy Hilfiger or what, like a legit brand, and he made like millions of dollars being a model for for one of these high end designer brands. And then you got Paolo Costa, who looks like he's just come out of the Captain America cryo tube after um, Steve Rogers gets the the magic magic Nazi form. And they both look ring. like the fittest they've ever looked right now, just in terms of just the eye test. I'm not saying they are yeah. that. Just like they both no, just but look they, in they insane look shape. In incredible shape. It's going to be interesting to see them on the scales, how the weight cut goes. This is an interesting one because Luke Rockhold said in the countdown, and of course, I, I suppose of course he says this, and this has to be the mindset, otherwise he's not going to get back off the couch 
and come back come back away after three years. There has to be a reason for him putting himself through this misery and then stepping inside the cage with a, a murderer like Paulo Costa. He says, I'm coming back for a run at the belt. A win over Paulo Costa certainly puts him in that conversation in a division that's now bereft of contenders outside of uh, Alex Pereira, who's fighting, is he at UFC 281 or 282? It's Madison Square Garden one, I believe. Um, yeah, so he he could be right back in the picture with a win, which is probably why he's agreed to come back and take such a difficult fight. He's older now and he's like 38, 39. He hasn't got many years left in, in his career. Time is running short. But I also just have a little inkling that we could see him come back, get absolutely run through by Paolo Costa and be like, who thought it was a good idea to let Luke mm. Rockhold return after all this time off, after all the injuries. He became a bit of a chinny fighter as well. And that's only going one way. His chin isn't going to be magically repaired all of a sudden. Yeah, that's now, what I'm worried the, ti- the time off probably was a good thing for him to get completely clear of the, the, the repetitive head trauma, the knockouts, the, all of that kind of stuff. But as far as I'm aware, you can't improve that. So this could be... And Costa this could be pretty a bad, hard. <laughs> Dude, Costa hits like an absolute <laughs> Mack truck. It's insane. It's and he throws fun. every bit of himself into every strike as well. He does not come lightly with any of his strikes. We could be looking at this after a round going, why did we let Luke Rockhold come in for one more one more taste, one more you know, feed at the trough of CTE? Who allowed him to do this? Oh, no, it could it could be ugly. If, if his chin is how it looked, in the last couple of fights, mate, it, I reckon I could knock him out in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's just—it's so—it's so like Rockhold's one got the the kickboxing ability to do the exact same to Costa, but two—it's just so unpredictable. But the take out the um, take the humans out of it, like we like to do in MMA a lot. And just be selfish, and I oh, would love to see him just get fucking flatlined in the first round. It'll get me so amped for the next fight. And um, yeah, sorry to Luke Rockhold and his family, but if if you just get starched so quickly that it's scary and kind of ugly, I'll low key really enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, though, Prime Luke Rockhold was a dangerous son of a bitch, man, and he Body threw champion strikes with violent intentions as well like as i said man paulo costa has got to come correct he can't turn up thinking he's just gonna run through a guy because he's been away if he's not treating this right if he gets gets on a couple of bottles of sheesh the night before like he did against israel adesanya then don't don't get me wrong if I could just like pick who I want to win this fight, I want Luke Rockhold to win this oh, fight. I, think I want him to go, knock I, out Paul Costa. It'll be the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Don't get I me think wrong. Storyline. I actually think Paulo Costa is one of the most hilarious dudes on Twitter. Oh, he's, he's the like, best. He's so funny, and I think he's endearing himself to a lot of fans just because of that. But I think just from a pure storyline perspective, you go, "Wow, former champ went away." You know. Wasn't sure if he was going to come back. Decided to, to make one last run. Comes back in a difficult fight. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is this is interesting. This this generates a lot of headlines. And Luke Rockhold is a star. Make no mistake about it. And it would be great for the division to see Luke Rockhold ride back in and look like prime Luke Rockhold. Do you think if he just goes, if, if like it might not happen, but 
this is we don't do this podcast to do hardcore an- analysis. We like to just think of oh, fairy dang. tales and <laughs> say Luke Rockhold very convincing win, first round KO, something like that. Like really, really impressive. Best case scenario for Luke Rockhold. Just instantly, you look at him and go, "Want to fight Izzy?" Yeah, if Izzy gets through Pereira, yeah, why not? What else is there? Yeah, exactly. That's what I like. So that's it's really you can sell you can sell that you find oh, it very sure. difficult to sell a Paolo Costa rematch after he was so badly beaten and embarrassed, <laughs> like humiliated. I'd do it for, the, do it for the, uh, the lead up, but that's about it. Yeah. Oh my god, I hated Costa. If Luke, yeah, if Luke Rockhold comes out and is convincing in a win over Paolo Costa, Izzy handles business. You say, all right, Luke Rockhold, you've now got six months. Get ready, because in the first quarter of 2023, holy shit, we're going into 2023. In the first quarter of 2023, <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting, a, you're getting a, a shot at the belt. You, this is what you want. You're not here to mess around. You've got no time to wait. Let's do it. The storyline's perfect. Former champion, went away, came back. That's exactly what you do with him. That fight sells. That is a huge sell. Yeah, so in a weird way, there's like a fair bit on the line here. Um and yeah, they both look extremely fit. So I think this is a, this is an exciting and just really kind of random, rare co-main event. You know, it's just this bizarre fight. A couple of real characters, previous champion. It's it's a weird one, but a great one, and it's it's going to set us up perfectly. The fight before that, so the third fight on the uh, main card, legendary Jose Aldo is back in the octagon, um, fighting. The surname that I know I'll pronounce incorrectly, Vlashvli. Vlash. Let's just call him Merab. <laughs> Merab. We'll go with Merab. Yeah. Tell me what you think about this fight. I, I, the only thing I, 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 I can't really say I think this fight is going to win. I, I think it'll be quite an even fight. But all I can say is for the listeners, you know, this is literally one of the greatest to ever do it. And he's still arguably in great shape. You know, he's not just um, doing it just for the money. He's unbelievable. No, so he's- make sure you see this. It's like watching Michael Jordan play basketball still. It's like watching, like you can still watch LeBron James play basketball. It's a privilege to watch th- these people do it. And uh, make sure you watch Ronaldo because who knows, if he loses this one, you know, it's, it's a long way back to a title and it would be weird for him to just keep fighting for the sake of it, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. He's hanging around. Made the cut down to 135 for one reason and one reason only, to, to try and, and win the belt. And if he wins this fight, I certainly think he should he should be given that opportunity. He, 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 there aren't many fighters you can say they're owed that opportunity. Jose Aldo is one of the guys that is owed that opportunity if he takes care of business. He's ranked number three. He dispatches the number six ranked fighter. Everyone else is already booked up. We've got Sterling versus Dillashaw. Then, yeah. That is the fight to make. The winner, whoever has the belt after that, should have to defend against Jose Aldo if he wins this fight. But that's a big if, because Marab is no joke. He is serious, absolute serious business at 135 pounds. He's a supreme wrestler, and he's got heavy, heavy hands. It's going to be interesting, though, because you know Aldo isn't isn't a bum off of his back, but we just known him as this ultra-violent, crazy striker. Yeah, don't, don't just think the second it goes to the map, it's it's all over and Merab is going to get it done. This is real interesting. And I'm trying to think 
when Amerab's last fight was, I'm pretty sure if I if I uh, remember correctly, it was against um, it was against Marlon Moraes. Yeah, it was a win over Marlon Moraes. He's now peeled off seven straight wins. Marlon Moraes had him in all kinds of danger on the feet. He he nearly finished him, and so just just that alone, you go, oh, okay, like. He's got some holes in his stand-up game. He's heavy-handed, but he can be got to. If Aldo can come out quickly and put it on him, whew, he might be able to make a real statement and get it done here. Mm-hmm. But Marab is tough as nails. He's so hard to put away. And if he's able to weather the storm, put Jose on his back, and ground and pound into oblivion, he should be able to get the job done. This is a real interesting matchup with huge implications for arguably the most stacked division and the entire UFC roster. And everyone, everyone is matched up. If we just go through the rankings here, right, at 135 pounds, we've got Aljo fighting number two ranked TJ Dillashaw. We've got number 10 ranked Piotr Jan fighting number 13 ranked Sean O'Malley. We've got number three, Jose Aldo, taking on number six, Merab. We've got number four, Corey Sandhagen, taking on number 10. Uh, was it number, number, is he fighting Song Yedong? I think he is. I think he's... Fighting number 10 ranked Song Yedong. And then we've got uh, Marlon Vera at number five, who just beat Dominic Cruz. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then you've got Frankie Edgar. Okay, he's ranked number 12. He's looking for a retirement fight. This Ricky Simone, after an impressive win against Jack Shaw, is looking for a big match, a big fight, a big opportunity. This, this division is absolutely crazy. But the way everyone's already matched up and got things in the works, I think it's only fair that you give the next opportunity to Jose Aldo if he can get it done. You then have to ask yourself, well, if that's the case, if that's the stipulation, if Murad runs through Jose Aldo, does he inject himself into the next title shot opportunity? And what makes it even more interesting, he's one of the best friends and teammates of the current champion, Aljamain Sterling, and they've been explicit in saying that they will not fight each other. Sterling said he'd rather vacate and move up than fight Merab for the belt at 135 pounds. So what if TJ Dillashaw and Merab wins? We've got an entire teammate revenge narrative. Aljo will be in his corner. I mean, the the way that the UFC could sell that opportunity, wow. I think the best possible... There's, we if, if, if Jose Aldo wins, then I think we want to see Aljo Sterling win and make that fight. And if Merab wins, it'd be great to see TJ Dillashaw win to make that fight and, and, and potentially see Aljamain Sterling move up a weight class. There is just so many permutations and storylines coming from these couple of fights and from this division. Whew, what a time to be a top 10 in the bantamweight. You've got opportunities galore. Yeah, that that is, it probably is the most stacked division for sure. And everything you just stated about these two fighters just goes bang. There's another massive fight on this card. We've only spoken about three, and I'm so keen for all three of those. They're all very unpredictable. Who knows what can happen? There's legends. There's going to be carnage. And then we've got another fight that's opening the main card. An Aussie, Tyson Pedro, who has got an amazing story. Um, He basically was injured for about four years and had a whole lot of other personal stuff going on and um, kind of looked like he was going to retire and decided to come back. He's had one fight since he came back. It was a first-round KO. looked very promising. and um, He looked fantastic in that return. Yeah, he looks ridiculously fit again now and uh, 
comes from a pretty pretty tough background. He's from the same area, Penrith, um, same area as Tai Tuivasa. They're good friends. They've uh, trained together a lot. And um, his old man, his dad is actually was born like his dad's from the US from what I gather and uh was heavy involved in the Bloods versus Crips war. Um tough, tough, All tough right. man from what I gather. And uh there's there's a couple of great pieces written on uh, Pedro's story in the Australian media and uh, even a story about how his dad accidentally stabbed him in the chest once. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Which I happens, hate it when I'm just ha- I, I I hate when I'm hanging out at home and my dad just accidentally stabs me in the chest. It's just it's just a really shit thing to happen. It just ruins Sunday dinner when your dad accidentally <laughs> stabs you in the chest. And uh, believe it or not, very that him and his dad are very, very close. His dad's in his corner every fight, and um, they've got a really strong relationship. His dad helps with his yeah, training too. About so, a, a, a close as a knife blade by the sense <laughs> So if your dad hasn't stabbed you, he doesn't love you is the lesson we get from that. That's, that's the lesson, yeah. So sons, go and ask your dad to stab you. Dads, go out there, stab your son, <laughs> show them how much you care. Go stab your baby. <laughs> but anyway, the Aussies listening, I know we've got a strong Aussie audience. Get around this guy. He's pretty promising. And if if anything, he's just going to be very exciting to watch. Uh, light heavyweight too, which is, you know, when it's firing light heavyweight, it's it's nearly undeniably the greatest the division to watch. I think that's the perfect combination of very big dudes that are very, very fit. And um, if you watch... If you if you watch him get into a groove, it's terrifying, and um, yeah, I think this is this is a guy to watch. If he looks as good as he did, Pedro, in his last fight, takes care of business here on a much bigger stage, bit of a stronger opponent, bit more pressure, bit more attention. Uh, I think he's one to watch for for within the next two years. He could really make a push into that top tier, and who knows? Maybe involved in the uh, punch drunk parlay this week. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very excited for this. He's actually fighting Harry Hunsucker, who's moving down from heavyweight and is he's being knocked out by by Taito Ivasa and he's being knocked out by um which uh Justin Taffer as well. And I think potentially they all they all train together. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Yeah, um, that, I'm pretty sure they do. So they're going for the hat trick. <laughs> going for the hat trick of just murdering poor poor old Harry Hunsucker. <laughs> just but maybe, maybe the boys can have a whip round and pay for pay for Harry's uh, first year of CTE CTE care when he retires <laughs> down the line because it's just we all know just Dana absolutely won't. brutal. Dana's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, fuck that! I paid you eleven dollars on an egg sandwich six years ago. Yeah. Start your own MMA promotion. <laughs> I'm going on my private jet now. <laughs> yeah, dickheads. Why, why, why aren't you friends with multi-millionaire casino owners who can buy an organization and start it up and run it at a loss for the first 10 years, you idiots? You goofs. I swear, like, every time every time I um, read anything about Dana White, I go, I fucking hate Dana White. And then anytime I watch Dana White, I'm like, I fucking love Dana White. I love, that's the thing, <laughs> bro, I love Dana White, but he honestly at times doesn't do himself any favors. There is just small things that he could easily do and everyone would be like oh yeah this is great he could easily fix a few things um but you know it's dana white he's got where he is by being dana white and i'm sure from his from his view from his 
ivory tower, the world looks pretty, pretty damn good. And, <laughs> you know, I would love to be Dana White and have Dana White's job in his life. Holy shit. He's got to have one of the most enviable lifestyles on the planet. Yeah. No, he <laughs> honestly, in like those, I was watching this thing kind of off topic, but I was watching this clip of him talking about how he's, you know how he does the fuck it Friday videos where he makes a, some yeah. random cheat meal. And then he also does the, um, if you don't know, now, you know, like he does the lineup, like the preview of the lineup. Yeah. He was saying that, um, those, the lineup previews get like 200,000 views on a good day. And the fuck it Friday gets like 5 million views sometimes. Dude, they're so popular. You know, he's doing a show. He's working on doing a show with the food network based around the concept of Fuck It Fridays because it's so popular. It's they're ridiculous. one of his, they're, they're the biggest posts. They, we should do a food pod. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's start integrating some food in, into the Punch Drunk pod. <laughs> food takes. Um, it could be f- the food coma pod instead of the Punch Drunk. <laughs> uh, anyway, back, back onto uh, the amazing 278 card. Uh, is there any other fights on the undercard you wanted to touch on? Um, if I'm honest, the I, I can pump up this main card for you. Make sure you don't miss it. I'm really struggling to do the same for the undercard. Uh, yeah, I I'll be honest. Can't not a, get around for, for me, there aren't a bunch of stand-up names. Okay, Jared Gordon, he's got a great story. We're going to hear about that in the build-up to fight week. His battle with addiction and recovery, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, a lot a lot of the other fights I'm struggling to go, oh, I'm super excited about. But you know, I'm gonna watch them. They're gonna be on my TV. Mm-hmm. One of them. Gotta set up gotta set up a second TV for this weekend to get all of the fights covered to make sure we're seeing every bit of action from all four events that are going on. Absolutely. But you know, I'll be watching them. And there is there is uh, one name and so let's 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 move on to the punch drunk parlay because I want to open up this parlay with a leg from the prelim card just to give us some give us some interest, give us a bit of juice in the prelims that are going on, the early prelims. And there is a fighter in the bantamweight division, and I believe his name is pronounced Archie Long. Uh, he is Chinese-Mongolian fighter. He's a fun and exciting dynamic striker. He has a great fight of the night, albeit lost to Jeff Molina, but it was an absolute banger. And his nickname, Adam, how can you not bet on a man with this nickname? Genghis the Khan. Mongolian, oh. <laughs> the, men, the, the Mongolian murderer. That's the nickname. <laughs> well, I guess Genghis Khan was also a Mongolian murderer. Who's your top five Mongolian murderers? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do a power ranking of the, 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 the top Mongolian murderers of all time. Yeah. Genghis Khan, one. Archie Long, two. There we go. List, well, list I think done. Daylight's two. And then... <laughs> Archie Long probably three. I think, uh, yeah, what was Genghis Khan's record was about 40 million and O or something. His uh, body count was pretty high. Yeah. Uh, that's not funny. But I hadn't heard much about him. He gave me a bit of a uh, chat on him pre-podcast and 100% keen uh, on the pod, uh, Punch Drunk Parlay, to lose in the first leg when we get on the Mongolian murder. I can't can't wait. (laughs) We've jinxed him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mongolian murderer, but usually these little first legs are what fucks us in the parlay, so we might have jinxed your uh, UFC debut, mate. But Archie Long, we're going to get around you. And, um, yeah, we'll throw him in the first leg of the parlay. Is 
there's some other legs you're interested in. There are, there are. Um, so we're obviously going to ride with our guy, ride or die with Tyson Pedro coming up against Harry Hunsucker. I know we sort of wanted to say this not go the distance. Perhaps I, I was just going to pick Pedro to win inside the distance anyway. So if you, you know, if we want to get real creative with it, we could probably just double down and add both of those legs in the fight, not to go the distance and then pick Pedro to win inside the distance, double up, double dip on, on the odds. If, if the, uh, if the, if the apps will allow such behavior. I think they definitely will. I don't think they will right now though. Which yeah. Is, uh, we're a bit, the, the, those sort of, you would, you know, um, what are, what are they called? Uh, prop bets don't really become available for the, for the, non-main event fights until a bit closer to fight night yeah. but we will obviously we'll get that on the socials make sure make sure you're following along on the instagram at punch drunk pods or on twitter at punch drunk pod underscore we'll be posting them there so, so you can you can tail tail the ever successful punch drunk parlay if you are interested so first leg archie long second leg pedro to win inside the distance against hunsucker add in there just the fight not to go the distance I get a feeling maybe that's not going to allow allow that, but we'll look. We'll see what we can come up with to get the best odds. But we we, we like Tyson Pedro to win this fight. Then uh, there is actually another fight on the main card which we haven't spoken about yet. We've got Martin Tybora taking on Alexander Romanov, big heavyweight fight. As we know, anything can happen in these ones. I believe, uh, if I if I remember correctly, I think Alexander Romanov is 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 uh, is undefeated. Let me just uh, a six, he's sixteen and zero, ranked number thirteen, coming off uh, you know a, a couple of submission wins over uh, over Chase Sherman and Jared Vanderar. Okay, yep, not great levels of competition at all. Martin Tybora is probably going to be the most difficult opponent he's faced. Martin Tybora again, prior to his decision loss to Alexandra Volkov, had pulled you know pulled off his own five fight winning streak and was starting to look really good. So, you know, really interesting fight. If he's able to dispatch Tybor, you go, okay, this guy belongs in the top of top of the, he's, he's, you know, he's heavy duty. Tybor is able to win. It sort of gets him back on track um, in terms, in terms of his sort of upper, upper division aspiration. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this one plays out. It's always fun seeing the big boys swing leather inside the octagon. Yeah. And that's just, Tops off that the uh, main card, so you've got a light heavyweight Tyson Pedro started off. You've got a heavyweight fight straight after that into legendary Jose Aldo fight straight into Costa Rockhold, and then you've obviously got the main event. Like it's going to be a whirlwind. It's going to be two or two and a half hours. It will feel like twenty five minutes, I reckon. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna absolutely fly by. And then the last leg, um, which I think is the most likely outcome, and I. Th- I think we should probably go with it because of the long layoff, older fighter, Chinny. I think it makes sense to go with Paolo Costa to win. Um, I don't necessarily think we need to go by stoppage. We always do this. We always try to juice the odds a bit more. So let's just let's just go with Paolo Costa to win. And I'm sure we're probably going to get you know something in the range of four to one odds for that. Just 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 guessing. Um, it's not going to be huge odds certainly, but. Feels like it feels like a winnable parlay, baby. Feels like a winnable parlay. It's so, a lock. Rem- it's a lock. It's basically a lock. So what you should do now 
is get that in your betting slip and then go ahead and, and buy yourself something with the money you're about to win because that is as good as guaranteed, baby. Yeah, yeah. Go borrow some money uh, from the bikies or something and um, buy yourself yeah. a new car. Yeah. Walk on down to your favorite loan shark, borrow, borrow, you know, 10K, nothing crazy, and just go out on a spending spree. Treat yourself. Yeah, I think um, it's a no-brainer. Just but just do that because it's not going to lose. It never does. Um. <laughs> Even if it loses, it hasn't lost. That's the beauty of the punch drink parlay because we just keep coming back. Yeah, and there's always going to be another UFC card, so you can. It's always, always... going to be another one to chase your losses, baby. Yeah. That's the way we do it. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Is there is there anything else you want to talk about on this card, or <laughs> Adam? <laughs> Sorry, I just had a little stroke. Um, let's go. Let, let's recap. Oh, there's nothing I want to talk about in this card, but I do want to talk about the card that was just on the weekend, the fight night, if you have some time. Um, Absolutely, yeah. As we saw an insane knockout in a really, really good fight with some two absolute studs, Cheeto Vera. First, Dom Cruz, and um, it was a bit of a back-and-forth fight. I forgot how manic Dominic Cruz's style is. It's so unorthodox and bizarre, but great. And... Uh, it's tiring just watching him. I, I admittedly had watched it delayed, so I knew who'd won, um, which kind of ruined this fight a little bit, actually, because it was very back and forth, and there were a lot of moments where you're like, oh, hang on, oh. Uh, but I already knew who was going to win. So that part of it was a bit annoying, but, geez, it was a perfectly executed head kick and one that's been memed a million times already. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to end up on the UFC like lead-in highlight reel. That's... That's that's an all-time snapshot. It's going to get NFT'd. It's going to be it's going to be everywhere because it was just absolutely spectacular. I was in the same boat as you. Didn't get the opportunity to watch it live. Watched it back. I did well actually. I was able to avoid all results, so I didn't know with certainty what had happened. But watching it back on UFC Fight Pass, you can see the length of the video, and so I knew that it wasn't going the full five rounds. And so constantly in the back of my head, I was like. Pretty sure the only way this fight doesn't go the distance is if Chito Vera catches Dominic Cruz and knocks him out. And then a few times in the first few rounds, he caught Dom and dropped him, and then Dom would get back up and start to look good again. I was like, hang on a minute. What's what's going on here? Is this, does he catch him? Does he get him into submission? And then, bang, the head kick comes along. I was like, oh, baby, that was absolutely brutal. Obviously, the biggest win of Marlon uh, Chito Vera's career springs him into into the mix in this loaded division that we've already talked about. There's some great fights ahead for him. He's a superstar. He's I a love loved him. fighter. The, the UFC have just put him in the video game. He's violent. He's dangerous. He's durable. He's he, he is everything that the UFC wants out of a star in the bantamweight division. Sensational fighter. What's next for Dominic Cruz? Because a lot of people, and so rightly so, saying Dominic Cruz still looked good. He had the time in. He was... He was, he was difficult to work out. He was winning the rounds. He had the boxing exchanges. But I think it's clear that Dominic Cruz is no longer going to be at the top of the 135-pound division. And he said repeatedly, he's only in this to win titles. What are we doing it for if it's not to win the belt? He's got a tremendous gig with the UFC as an analyst. He's really good at that. He's very sharp. He's very uh, observant in what he's able to bring and detail-oriented in his analysis. And one thing I would say is that the old, he's obviously not in his prime, he's 37 years old now, but the old Dominic Cruz would never get tagged. 
Vera was able to tag him, I think, once in every round and drop him, and he was able to recover. He had led, you know, he's still still so fit. But but Vera worked out the puzzle. And what Dominic Cruz doesn't have and probably never had is the power to make his repo- uh, his opponents respect his you know, respect the distance and, and, and not sort of just walk him down. Um, I'm, I'm very, was able to do that with his, with the combination of his durability and his dynamite power. We're being honest, Vera could probably go up and compete at 145 as well, because he is that tough. Yeah. He is that heavy, heavy handed and heavy footed. So yeah, no shame in Dominic Cruz losing. He, he's done so well to come back from the myriad of injuries and neat ACL tears and just shit that he's gone through in his career he is one of the greatest to do it at bantamweight. Him, you know, you look at him, TJ Dillashaw, some of the absolute legends of the division. They've put he's put on some tremendous fights for us, spectacular performances. If I'm Dominic Cruz, you go, I've got my faculties. Okay, I've had this one bad knockout, but maybe it's time to just hang it up, go full time analyst, throw yourself into that, seek out other opportunities, and leave still ranked in the top ten of the division, and, and walk away with your head held high. Yeah, I agree. He's got so much going for him outside the octagon. There's probably no need to just be in that murderous role for division anymore. No, no. Um, exactly. Already a, a like a Hall of Fame career. So it was, you know, pleasure to watch him fight now. But yeah, who knows if he if he'll fight again? I'd rather I'd rather listen to him commentate because I, I love his commentary. Or he's yeah, I think he's really good. And for some reason, people like to to shit him and say, I think he's really good. I learn a lot every time I. I I watch yep. a fight that Dominic Cruz is commentating on. So hopefully long may it continue that he continues to be one of the analysts. Um, the last thing I wanted to say on this, just 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 staying on this Cruz versus Vera card, if you didn't see the Nate Landwehr versus David Onoma fight, oh my goodness. If you want to see violence, entertainment, fun inside the octagon, big swings back and forth, go and watch that fight. It, it It's immediately become contender for fight of the year. It was absolutely brilliant. And sh- and yeah, so I, I won't say any more than that. If you haven't seen yeah. it, go back, do yourself a favor. It's a, it's, it's a phenomenal fight. Go if you like the UFC, this is why you like the UFC. Trust me. Just exactly. That is exactly, that's a great way of saying it. That's a, a great summation of that fight. Go back and watch it. But other than that, Adam, whew, UFC 278, we're getting closer and closer. And no! <laughs> Do we need to have some sort of side bet just on the uh, Usman Edwards? I don't know. Um, maybe if you can think of something during the week, might tweet it out. But uh, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I might even dabble on on Usman. I'm pretty confident. I'm, I'll see if the odds if the odds get juicy. Um, the boys already get money on Edwards from weeks ago. I was ready. I was there. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. If, if he cancels this one, like he's canceled all his other fights in the last oh, three years. Oh. <laughs> I, I actually think he might have started COVID because he's scared. <laughs> um, anyway, so good to talk to you, man. Uh, Absolutely. You can find us at Punch Drunk Pod on Insta, Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok, Punch Drunk Pod at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. Head to the Tops Off Sports website to just check out some awesome sports news, but also check out our podcast. We are plastered all over their homepage. I think we're their number one podcast. I think we're the world's number one podcast, actually. Uh, where else can you find us? Have I missed? Oh, give us five-star rating if you can. Yes, five-star um, rating on Apple Podcasts. 
and or Spotify. If you use both, please don't be afraid to do it in both locations. These, this the algorithms work by pushing and promoting the podcast that have got higher ratings to, to drive us towards new listeners who might just find us in the feed or when they're searching for MMA or whatever. So please give us those five-star ratings and share us with a friend. The audience, we're seeing, the, our audience is growing. We're truly appreciative of that. We, we're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep putting out content for you guys because we, we love doing it. So we appreciate every single one of you who listens to the show and appreciate everyone who tells a friend, shares an episode, retweets us, reposts us, reblogs us or whatever, you know, yeah. shares us to their story or whatever they do on the old IG. We appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Adam, it's been you, a pleasure, my friend. One more thing I'll add on that is if you do want this pod to keep getting better, which we hope you think it has, we believe it has, the way to do that is by the audience getting bigger. The bigger the audience, the better yeah. it's going to get. And so, if you if you if you think we could do with a little bit of improvement, just share us with a few friends, and then uh, it'll it'll skyrocket. But yeah, so good to see, you. love you, and absolutely, uh, man. Go, Kamara Usman. Yawn. Yeah. 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 Yeah.